Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Attitudes with Andy. I am so excited for today's episode. I am well and truly getting out of the old comfort zone. Um, So let's get into it. Relationships, intimacy, and sex. These three things are super important to our lives, but are we focusing on them, doing it right, and how the heck do we get better at them? Well, never fear, because today I've got Tyron Mowbray on to answer everything and more. Tyron is a men's intimacy coach who teaches men about health, wealth, happiness, relationships, and how to be better in the bedroom. He's a lover of movement, not just in the bed, but also in the gym, in the water, running, and is a yoga teacher. (laughs) He's genuinely one of the most confident humans I've ever met. He's built like a machine and shows pure love to everyone around him. I cannot wait to delve into these topics with him today because we are in good hands. So welcome, Taryn. (laughs) Thanks, Andy. That's one of the best intros I've ever received. Thank you so much. That was really beautiful. Oh, you're welcome. Mm. I was going to intro it. Let's talk about sex, baby. baby. Let's talk about you and me. Yeah. And then I was like, grow up, in. <laughs> I would have liked that too, but no, thank you. Um, so I thought we would kind of get straight into it because when I heard you were a sex coach, I was like, that's a thing? Yeah, who needs foreplay? Let's just go straight in dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how did you become a sex coach? Well, I just explored sex a lot, really. Like, that's the short answer. Um but, you know, I'm a, I, so, you know, quick background, I'm a 36-year-old Australian bogan that grew up in the country. Um, I played Aussie rules football, I drank piss, I took drugs, and I had sex with as many women as would let me during my adolescent years, you know, same as a lot of other dudes. Um, and I created a lot of unhealthy habits, you know, without going too deep. I had a lot of unhealthy habits around love and intimacy and sex and porn and, you know, I love love and I love women and I love to be loved by women, you know, and I love to love women also. And, um, but I, I definitely, and I, you know, all I've ever wanted to do is become a dad and have a family and be really, you know, loving and generous and kind and have that in my life. But I had a lot of um, insecurities, you know, and I grew up in a world where the more women that loved you, quote, pardon me, um, the more ma- the more man you the more manly you were you know, like the more su- like uh, encouragement you got from your mates the more you supported you were by your peers especially in bloke in footy clubs and stuff mm. and so having certain levels of um, insecurity or doubt about who I was and you know who I am and how good of a person I was and how accepted I can be I sought that uh, love and adoration from my peers and so I would do things that would create love and adoration from my peers and that included sleeping with women and having debaucherous stories about where you had sex and how you had sex and what you did during the sex um and you know i just i didn't realize it at the time but i just realized that i was creating all these really unhealthy relationships around women and sex and self-gratification and obviously that turns to porn and then you know tinder came along and all those types of things so it was just like uh I wasn't really getting the emotional depth in the in the sexual interactions. It was always about having the next story to tell the boys. And then I had a relationship from 23 to 26 and that kind of changed a lot because I, I got to experience a whole different, you know, like I was single from six, I had a four-month relationship when I was 16 and then from, and then she cheated on me and that was obviously very heartbreaking and so I kind of closed my heart and so from 16 to 23 I was just single and debaucherous the whole time. 
And then I met my first real girlfriend and we were together three years and we bought a house and dogs and cars and like the whole thing. Uh, renovated the home together. And um, I mean, you know, like, yeah, we would have sex, but like there wasn't great communication. And I had all these desires that I'd never fulfilled because I'd never been with someone more than say twice really or three times during my prepubescent years or my pubescent years. So we never really explored that much. Um, and then we broke up for, I won't get into that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> uh, we, we broke up and again, I was really shattered. She had a new boyfriend a couple of weeks later. We'd been together three years, you know, and I understand now she was just dealing with her own heartbreak, but at the time it hurt. And so I cl- shut my heart again and went back on a rampage and I slept with more women in the next two years than I had in the, in the eight years previously or 10 years previously since I lost my virginity. I was just on a rampage like of like, fuck women, fuck them my heart hurts. I don't care who I hurt. I'm, you know, while at the same time craving love and the deepest form of intimacy for a man we think is sex. So getting sex meant getting love. Um, and ultimately I had a breakdown at 28, realized I hated the man that I was. I didn't like what I was doing, you know? Um, and that led me on around the world trip. And the biggest thing I remember I was 27 working out in the mines just before the breakdown, I would masturbate four times a day to porn. Right? I would wake up at 3am jerk off pre-workout, go to the gym, come back from the gym, jerk off, have a shower, go to breakfast, go to work, come back from work. So it's 12, 13 hours out in the mines. Come back, jerk off, go to the gym, go to the mess, have dinner, go to bed, jerk off, go to sleep. Were you just trying to numb? I don't, it just felt good, you know? Oh, like, okay. you know, I mean, when I was 15, I used to jerk off six times a day as well. Like, it was crazy, you know? I loved, I've always loved it. But, that, you know, at 27, yeah, it was numbing. And I couldn't get, and I, I, real, I tried to masturbate with that porn once at 27. Couldn't get an erection at 27 years old. And I was like, okay, Tyrant, I think, I think there's a problem. I, th- I don't think this is okay. I think you've, I think you've got to change something. Um, so when I started traveling, I was like, I, you know, I knew there was more than just the porn. I did everything opposite to the way the old Tyrant would have done it. You know, I lived in my tent, I hitchhiked, I fucking became vegetarian, I went and studied yoga and Buddhism, I hitchhiked, I, you know, did everything backwards. Um, but the biggest thing was was sex. Like, I was run by my cock, you know, like, I was always looking to get laid. And so, I set the intention to try to get that under control. And I started studying Tantra, and I started, you know, having deeper connections with people, and I started to, you know, I went celibate for a long time to try to, like, master this thing. Um, but I wouldn't talk to anyone about it because fuck that. I don't want anyone to know that I have this issue. Um, so it probably took me five times longer than it should have to master this thing because I refused to ask for help. Mm. Um, so yeah, you know, ultimately that was the, that this is a bit of a longest, the longer version of the story. It's, there's a longer version again, obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, got into Tantra, started What's doing Tantra, sorry. Tantra is the study of energy mostly, but, uh, it's very, it, sexual energy is energy and it's the most potent energy that exists on the planet that's how we create human life Whoa. so, it's so you can give off sexual energy yes well it lives in us all the time it's oh. it's just that's our life force so so the Taoists call it um chi the yoga yogis will call it prana um it's what is it japanese it's called ki you know like it's just it's life force okay and so you tantra is the study of that life force so you know, we may talk about masculine and feminine a little bit later. It's a part of that. Tantra is the study of masculine and feminine energies. It's not really traits. It's an energy. Um, and so, yeah, learning how to master your sexual current 
means that rather than my me getting aroused and me needing to excel that energy horizontally or out, outside, like I need to fuck or I need to touch or I need to kiss or I need to engage, how do I circulate and sublimate, which is to pull that energy in and up and around my energetic body so that it doesn't, it actually juices me up as a human rather than I need to expel it out. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, yeah, I just learned all of that and it helped me master my, my sexual energy. So I no longer needed love from women in order to feel loved, which then may, meant that all that love could be on myself, which then made me happier, which then made me, I mean, I had to look at a lot of other shit. Don't get me wrong. It, was, yeah. it wasn't just a matter of, oh, I just don't ejaculate anymore. And now I'm king of the hill. It's like, nah, it creates a lot of other shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then I started talking about it. I just started talking about social media. The first live I ever did was like porn addiction and erectile dysfunction, how they're linked, you know, and I had 7,000 views and got shared and people would just reach out and be like, dude, I have the same thing. Oh my God. And so then it just, it just turned into a job. Like people just started asking for advice. So I started giving them the tips that I'd had and people started paying me and now it's a job. That's amazing. I love how it kind of just started from like really good intentions. You weren't like, I'm setting out to make lots of money. It's no. like, here's something that I've, that's helped me. Maybe it'll help you. And then people are like, fuck yeah. Well, then that's I realized awesome. how big of an issue it was. Like, you mm. know, I mean, I knew I worked out in the mines. I knew all the boys jerked off ridiculously. We used to joke about it. And I was worked in construction, same thing. Um, but yeah, it was like the moment I had the confidence to talk about this shit really and and the emotions that i was feeling beneath it all mm-hmm. it gave permission for a bunch of other dudes to acknowledge it too yeah because you were sharing your vulnerability they were like we can share ours too yeah yeah i had the courage to be honest yeah. i don't like the word vulnerability oh okay i have the courage to the be courage. honest i think it's an important reframe specifically for men okay because vulnerability you know i'm not saying it's not vulnerable it is vulnerable yeah but um if we like it's a massive trigger word okay you know i I hear a lot of women these days like i just want my man to be more vulnerable i want my man to be more vulnerable be more vulnerable Mm -hmm. and um to be honest a lot of them don't don't actually want their man to be vulnerable they want the truth but if a man is over vulnerable the polarity dies and all of a sudden he's not seen as strong he's seen as weak and i think reframing of like can you just express the truth to me can you have you know if we frame it as courage all of a sudden it changes the whole changes the whole energetic dynamic around how we communicate. Mm, okay. So, yeah. Because men will look at the word vulnerability and be like weakness. Yeah. Uh, okay. And so we're like, I know we're not there yet, but when we go into mask and femme, mm-hmm. again, this is where we like, if we say that emotions are a feminine trait, mm-hmm. men are not going to want to experience them, mm. which is why I don't like talking about mask and femme in the sense of traits. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay oh i'm so excited so um that was like an incredible story and like a lot of kind of hard truths that you had to face and a lot oh, yeah. of going in and self-awareness mm. um you mentioned that you like were severely seeking validation and love from other people i Absolutely. think that is a very common thing that a lot of people do for sure um what's something that people can do to kind of start like giving themselves this love, like realizing that you can love yourself and mm. you don't need the external validation. So the two biggest practices, that's the simplest and, and you know, people, people that quote succeed in life um, probably, probably do both of these practices or at least one of them. Mm-hmm. The first one is to journal. Like it's so simple. 
but just journal because we live in our heads, right? Like we're constantly psychoanalyzing ourselves and experiences and relationships and people and jobs and like kids and families and all the stuff. Just journal. Like the biggest thing I did when I knew nothing else, I just used to write. Mm. You know, I've got books and books and books of weird fucked up thoughts that I just wanted to get out of my head. Um, so journal is n- number one. Number one, journal. Journal every day. Journal every day, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, just random shit. And if you've got nothing to say, just write on the paper. I have nothing to say. This is dumb. I don't want to be here, blah, blah, blah. Like just, but just do it. Yeah, you know? get like it out. Get, yeah, just get the practice of writing. Um, and the second thing uh, for me is a self-pleasure practice. Now, self-pleasure, uh, we masturbate when we feel anxious, men and women, right? When we feel excited, when we feel anxious, when we feel lonely, when we feel whatever. And don't get me wrong. I'm very pro masturbation, (laughs) but I think our relationship to it is really bad and really skewed. So it's like, rather than call it masturbation, I call it self-pleasure. Now that self-pleasure could look like anything. I think if your default setting is, I feel lonely, I'm going to watch porn and masturbate, or I feel lonely, I'm going to get my vibrator out, or I feel disconnected from something, you know, what we're seeking in that moment is connection. What we're seeking in that moment is a feeling of fullness. And orgasms are literally an embodied experience of enlightenment and connection to god or love or the universe or whatever you want to name it as um but rather than running the peak experience like the climax how can you slow down how can you subtly connect to your body to your breath to your physicality and find connection in that because if you can find connection in the soft the subtleness and the slowness and the softness then the peaks become less that you don't need a peak in order to feel good Mm. if that makes sense so you feel more at peace and more wholesome and more orgasmic purely just from breathing or touching your skin or you know dancing or moving or rolling around on the ground or whatever laying down on the grass in nature in the sun whatever it is so get back into your body get back into your body yeah okay yeah find a pathway i love those i wasn't not expecting either of those answers, but I love it. Mm. Um, so what is one of the most common questions that men come to you for or common issues that you see are like, oh, here we go again? To be honest, it's like, how do I please my wife more? Aww. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's like, how do I quit porn or how do I have better orgasms or how do I last longer in bed? The last, that like All of those things are driven from his desire to create a better connection with women. And it's really misrepresented. And a lot of our society think men are selfish. Don't get me wrong, there's selfish people out there. But predominantly speaking, selfish ones don't fucking want to work with me. They don't come asking questions. It's all the guys that come and go, I want to have a better relationship with my wife. I want to give her more pleasure. I want to last longer in bed so I can make sure that my wife is satiated and satisfied. So that's the most common question. How do I please her more? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm sure the following questions will um, help answer that, maybe. Probably. Um, Okay, so what, in your opinion, is a healthy relationship and is being reliant on your partner good, bad? What's what's the 411 with that? (laughs) (laughs) So 
I don't think there is a box that categorizes a healthy relationship. And I think that's also a part of the problem. Okay. Right. It's just like saying, well, a healthy relationship is when two people love each other and they are equally codependent on each other, but also equally individualized so that they live their own lives and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and they love each other and they don't look outside of the relationship. And they, you know, it's just like, so that means that anyone that doesn't have that desire or doesn't want to eat, like remotely has a different perspective on relationship is now no longer normal quote or healthy quote. And then that will create separation and shame for them. They will criticize themselves and judge themselves. And for me, as much as I've studied Tantra and Buddhism and Taoism and spirituality and shamanism, all these things, ultimately the practice of any spirit like any spiritual practice whether it's christianity or buddhism or taoism or whatever for me what i understand the ultimate outcome is a feeling of non-separation and so anything that creates separation in my opinion is not spiritual or is like not supporting a spiritual evolution so for me to answer that question, the secret to a beautiful relationship is to know yourself and know what you need and know what you don't need and feel comfortable being able to communicate that and finding someone else that you can communicate that to easily well, as easily as you can, obviously, because it can be challenging. Mm. Someone that's going to be committed to a journey of growth because I believe relationships are growth portals, Right the greatest shadow work in the world is to live with someone full time and show them everything about you. Um, so, you know, having someone that you know that you can communicate to, having someone that you know isn't going to quit, having someone that has, I believe, 50% of the same values and 50% opposite values. Mm. This is my interpretation. Yeah. For that will be different for everyone. Yeah. I don't want someone in my, I know this about me. Mm-hmm. I don't want someone that has everything the same as me because fuck that's boring yeah <laughs> that'd be I, intense <laughs> exactly i want some like i don't want to everything that i do to be easy in my relationship and i don't want them to be like oh that's beautiful i love that i want someone to be like why do you do that mm. wow that's interesting i don't do it you know like i don't want them to be aggressive and angry towards me but i want someone to have a different perspective yeah because that gives me more knowledge and information and if we're going to be together for 30 40 50 60 years I want to have a difference of opinion, you know, but I also want to love my partner in their difference of opinion. Um, And I want to grow in the relationship. I don't want the relationship to be stagnant. I mean, don't get me wrong, there'll be moments of repetitive nature. And I I fully understand that. But, um, you know, I want everything to be possible with my partner. And that's that's because I know myself. Yeah. You may have different desires in a relationship. So the best relationship is the one that, challenges you 20% of the time and supports you 80% of the time. Oh, I like that. The 80, 20, 80, 20. (laughs) I think that's great. I was saying, because, um, yeah, they say that like a relationship is like a mirror for your, for your flaws. And, um, you know, if you get triggered by something they say, it's like, oh, well, like, what's what's going on? And then I was saying to somebody, I was like, oh, I think I'm like really open to a relationship this year because I really want to learn that. And they were like, yeah, but every like interaction with another person is a type of relationship you don't need to have an intimate relationship to learn that and i was like holy schnitzels that's so true would you agree with that absolutely i mean you know um i work i was was trying to pull up a quote that i had the other day that i wrote down the other day 
Um, there are like for for me. Sure. An intimate sexual relationship with someone is going to give you a rapid and very quick reflection on who you are, mm. right? So we attract the person that we attract the person that we are inside to some extent, right? If we go masculine and feminine, it's like if you believe that you've got a masculine and feminine, if you want to run that story, then the maturity of your inner masculine as a woman will show up as the physical representation of the men you attract in your life and vice versa. So the maturity of my inner feminine as a man will show up as the type of woman that I attract in my life, right? So if my inner feminine quote is very young and immature, I'm going to attract really immature and young women in my life. So yeah, it's a reflection. It's a reflection of what your values are, what your morals are, how much self-love you have, you know, and if you put up with shit in a relationship, that's because you don't have the capacity to put in boundaries and walk away because you think that's the greatest love that you deserve. Mm. Yeah, it can be sad, you know, and that's why people get looped in and they've got, you know, they may have trauma around negative relationships, but they loop in these relationship patterns because the love they're receiving from their partner is like correlated with the love that they have inside for themselves so they put up with this bad behavior because they don't think or feel that they're worth anymore that could stem from childhood that can stem from anything but um yeah but you can also improve that by looking at all the relationships you have with everyone you know men and women uh as you you know like i'm part of the brotherhood gold coast down there and the relationship with those men showcase to me where i'm at you know and if i get triggered by something one of them says it's like all right cool what's what's that you know what am i judging and it doesn't mean that you know if you have a judgment if you have a trigger you're allowed to have it like that person could be saying something wrong or bad and that trigger doesn't it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong just because you're triggered you would be like hey man i don't agree with what you just said please don't fucking say that around me that's wrong that's morally incorrect that's that's yeah like i expect more from my friends and you're my friend so your trigger doesn't mean that you're the one in the wrong. Yeah. It's just showcasing to you an emotion and something that you care about. Mm. And from that, you get to make a decision as how you respond with the situation and the person. So, you know, I think there's a bit of spiritual bypassing there of like when you're in a relationship, let's say you and I are in a relationship and you do something and I'm triggered and I go, and I go, look, I'm triggered about this thing. And you go, well, your emotions are your responsibility and I'm not responsible for them. It's like, <laughs> you are my partner and you are responsible for your actions and how that affects people. Yes. Mm. It's also my responsibility to manage my emotions. But if we become too individualized with this, I'm like, why the fuck would I be with someone that doesn't help me feel safe and loved? What's the point? Mm. So that's that 80-20, you know, 80% support, 20% challenge. Uh, I'm really glad you touched on that because maybe th- that almost seems like gaslighting if you're like, well, exactly. I'm sorry that you feel that way. Yeah. And that, yeah, but your emotions are not my responsibility. Mm. what if i punch you in the face does that make it my responsibility you know it's like (laughs) where do you want to draw the line yeah wow you are saying so much i'm learning so much i love it okay next question is this is a big big old one okay so a lot of men think that it's unmanly Mm. to show and express their emotions Mm -hmm. um Definitely as a woman, I love it when a man is in touch with his, with his emotions and can express them. Uh, what do you think about this? Do you think it's true that a lot of men do think that? Can um, I ask you a question before we go there? Yeah. What about anger? What about rage? Okay. What about um, 
jealousy. Are you okay with a man expressing those emotions? Okay, that's such a good point. Yeah. So this is, the, again, this is part of the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Or the p- perceived problem of like when we say, oh, I want a man in touch with his emotions. Can you actually handle a man in all of his emotions? Mm-hmm. Or do you just want to see the soft side? Mm-hmm. And that's part of the part of the issue with this concept of like, you say you want men in their emotions. Well, a lot of men have trouble expressing them. And to be honest, there'll be a lot of, let's say, quote dark or unhealthy or what we would perceive to be negative emotions there as well but you're trying to and when i say you i mean we are trying to categorize like but no i just want to see when you're sad and when you're broken and when you're upset yeah sometimes when we're broken we want to kill shit we want to smash shit we want to get aggressive do you really want to see that as well because you can't pick and choose Mm. and that's really unhealthy in my opinion it's really unhealthy to say that's toxic, but this is okay when you're asking for an emotional expression. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that a man being aggressive in front of people and smashing shit is okay, but what I'm saying is if you are asking for a man to express his emotions, you then can't choose which one he can and cannot express because now you're controlling him. Mm. You're not actually let, you're, you, you're saying you want him to express more, but then you're trying to control what he expresses and how he expresses it. So... I understand the concept and I do believe men, and this is why men have trouble expressing emotions. It's not just because they're afraid of judgment. There's, well, they're afraid of judgment, but they know that it's more than just them crying. In order for a man to get to grief and sadness, he's usually got to go through anger, resentment, jealousy. There's a bit of, a, there's a bit of an emotional pathway. And so typically speaking, depending on the circles you come from, like from me coming from construction and mining and all that, mm-hmm. anger is an okay emotion. Like it's okay to express anger. It's okay to express frustration and scream a little bit and smash things, throw something, right? Are you talking about in those work? In those environments, yep. it's way more it's way more appropriate than say in an office, right? Mm-hmm. Or in a creative space. Usually those spaces are a little bit more meticulous and like, but you know, so you can only express happiness um, or joy or, you know, whatever. And so this is, this is part of the problem is that, when we say, I want you to express your emotions more, that's not really what you're saying. What you're saying is, I want to s- feel your softness. But sometimes there's a lot in the way of the softness. Okay, whoa. This is such good points. Mm. I Like things I've never thought about. So um, like how do we – I'm like, oh, my God, how do we fix this? So like as a yeah. woman, would you say like hold space for your man or – or like, yeah, how do we fix this? You could. And I mean, I don't think there's no quick fix. That's what you got to remember, right? This is yeah. a societal, cultural problem, okay? So I, this is why I run men's work. Because I don't actually think, like, I, I do not believe that a man should be aggressive towards a woman. I do not oh, believe no, a no. man should be, you know, smashing things and damaging things in front of a woman, a woman or his family. You know, I, my dad was quite aggressive and, you know, had, had, had aggressive traits. And it intimidated me a lot as a, as a, and I think that was like, if he had just hit me when I'd done something wrong, that would have been easier to deal with than watching him lose his mind and smash things. Right. Mm. And so I'm not saying that that's okay. What I'm saying is this is why I run men's circles and men's events, because men need to come and let that shit out somewhere where they won't be shamed, where they won't be judged, where they won't be condemned for it so that they can then go back to their families, to their work environments, to their whatever situations and be somewhat calm, somewhat centered, somewhat whatever, knowing that they have a release for it. Um, 
So, you know, depending on the type of relationship you want, if you want the man to hold the masculine role and, and the woman to hold the typical feminine role, then I believe a man should not express so much to his wife around emotional vulnerability or emotional, you know, truth until he knows what's been happening. And that's where men's events are, or men's circles are really important, right? You have a you gr- have a group of men, you go there, you deal with your shit, right? They help you, they hold you, they support you, they whatever until you are through it. And then and you know that could be a process, so you might need to go every week until it's a, until it's done. And then when you, and you can tell you communicate with your partner, "Hey, look, I'm not really sure what's going on inside right now. I'm pretty fucking angry all the time. I'm at my my end, my wit's end." And I'm, I'm not making you responsible. I am going to sort this out over here with my men's circle, with my men's group, with my whatever environment. And I promise that I'm not closing to you. I'm just processing. And then I want to sort this out over here so that I can keep being the rock for you and the family. And so, you know, I part of, part of the issue is a, a woman wants her best female friend and a husband at the same time. You know, they want to have that deep, intimate connection and they want the man to be the provider. Uh, and when I say provider, I don't just mean financially. I just mean like that rock in the family. Yeah. And sometimes you can't have both, you know. Um, you can, don't get me wrong. Uh, there are men out there that can, can do all that. And there are times when, and I, you know, I speak this for myself, when she's like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong? It's like, that makes me angry. And I just want to be like, can you please leave me the fuck alone? I'm going into my internal cave. I need to process this shit. I'm not closing to you. I know this is bringing up abandonment for you. I know this is bringing up rejection. I'm not abandoning you. I'm not rejecting you. It's got nothing to do with the love between you and I. I'm just processing shit and I don't know what's going on right now. Like for me, that's emotional clarity and being able to communicate to my partner. Not, I feel lost. I'm confused. I don't know if I love you. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I don't know who I am. Like that doesn't breed security in a relationship. It doesn't. No. It doesn't make someone, anyone, feel safe if they're in relationship with someone that is that unsure of who they are and where they are because it's going to make her question the relationship, which then means it's going to make her go, what can I do? How can I fix it? I love you. What? And, you know, and then she's just going to, if she's anxiously attached, that's what she's going to do. Or if she's um, avoidantly attached, she's going to separate herself more, which is then only going to create more feeling of separation between him and her while he's trying to process she doesn't want to get rejected, so she starts to emotionally disconnect. Now there's even more separation in the relationship. So, like, there's not these aren't like the questions are beautiful. And I remember when you sent them to me, I was like, "How much time do we have?" Because <laughs> they're not simple answers. No, you know, no I'm and, realizing and, that. And relationships aren't simple things. And this is why I said at the beginning, you should know yourself. Like, I don't really think you should be in long-term relationships until you're 25, 28. Like, I think your your younger 20s. You should be in multiple relationships. You should learn about yourself and what you like and what you don't like and how you show up in relationships with different people, you know. I'm not saying just have one night stands like I did. You don't really learn a lot, to be honest. (laughs) Um, But enter, like, short-term connections, you know, like commit to, say, three months, commit to six months rather than being like, well, now we're going to be together forever. It's like, I don't know. I like you. You're kind of cool. Let's hang out for six months and see what happens. Mm. But like, don't be afraid to cut it off. Like, mm. I don't think anyone should get married before 30 anymore. Mm. Like, we don't die when we're 45 like we did hundreds of years ago. We live to be 80, 90, 100. I plan on living to be 140. Like, the, 140, way, well, the, way, the way science <laughs> is and what we're learning, like, you know, why, why is that not possible? And so, you know, I, I think everyone's in a rush to get love. And 
I don't think we need to. Whoa, there was so much in there. (laughs) So you're more like don't set out to like when you're – because a lot of the audience is like early 20s. Mm. Um, So don't like set out to date, to marry. Just like date to be curious and learn what you do. Absolutely. Learn who you are, you know. And in saying that, I know like a woman's primary birth-giving years are, you know, in her 20s, you know, and I understand that. And um, But there's nothing wrong with having kids in your 30s. And – Sure, I know when they hit 40 and 50, they start to go through menopause and everything changes and it's very hard. And, you know, so again, take my advice from earlier, which is know yourself first. Like from my, my ultimate advice is learn about who you are and what you like and what you don't like and then go after what you want, you know. But yeah, I don't, I, and I'm not saying you can't have kids when you're young. If that's what really your heart desires, then go for it, you know. Mm. But I'm just saying as a general kind of rule, there is no rule. <laughs> so so go figure out what it is you want, regardless of what everyone else fucking tells you, and then go about getting it. Yeah, I love that. It's mm. really good. Mm. Um, I just want to quickly touch back. You spoke about anger, mm. and um, that was kind of hard to, uh, like, understand. Yep. Like, because I just, I, I don't, I feel like I don't have much anger in sure. me. Like sure. at all. Like do men have a lot more anger than women? And is it something you can get rid of and then... I don't, I don't think men have more anger. I think men are told that, like I said, anger is a more okay emotion as a man than insecurity or doubt or jealousy. So they're, they're, they're given more permission to feel anger than any other emotion. Oh, okay. Because anger is like... Oh, and it's like, oh, masculine in his energy charged. You know, it's like there, there's, there's a concept that... It, and this is, I mean, I may be wrong for some people. Like a lot of people get told that anger is really bad and you're not allowed to express it because it's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Me growing up, anger was a, the emotion that was okay, right? Mm. But softness wasn't, mm. you know, sensitivity wasn't. Anger was okay. The other ones weren't. And so everyone's experience can be slightly different. A lot, there's a lot of men, you know, we're talking about fem- like our world, our culture talks about feminized men where anger is not okay. So... Again, it depends on the circles and where you grew up. Um, I don't think men have more or less. I think there are circles of men that are given more permission to feel it. So therefore, that's what comes up first. But there's usually other emotions beneath that that are the trigger for it. Okay. It's like how they express it. Exactly. If they feel rejected, right? So again, let's say we're dating. I see you chatting to another dude. I feel jealous, I feel rejected, I feel abandoned, I feel disrespected, but I don't know how to communicate or articulate or feel any of those things, so all I'm going to do is be aggressive. Okay. Makes sense? Whereas like a woman might be like, see her man talking to a girl and be like, I feel really jealous. Like they can kind of pick it up a lot quicker. Yeah, but like, you know, there are a lot of women out there that will then, like they'll be passive aggressive instead of aggressive, Mm. you know. They'll be like... They'll, they'll start getting demanding. They'll start like, you know, you must do this. And so like aggressive, ag- aggression or anger can be, can be filtered out in many, many ways. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's when like, what's the wrong, babe? What are you doing? Like, why? Like, you know, nothing's wrong. Just blah, blah, blah. And it's like, fucking, it's, it's a, you know, we tend to typically address emotions differently as men and women, typically. Mm, okay oh this is super interesting um i have been hearing along the grapevine that um men have uh, some men have been not pleasuring themselves 
Um, what is the deal there? They've said that they feel really energetic and they're channeling their energy. Um, oh, do you mean the whole no fap thing? Yeah, what's happening there? I don't know. It's fucking stupid. Okay, you think it's stupid? I think no fap is stupid. I think um, I think any restrictions of things are like. Don't get me wrong. There is a time and place for everything. I went celebrate for a while so that I could understand and uh, investigate myself through this process because. Yeah from the age of 13 or whenever I masturbated for the first time, it was like five times a day for my whole life, you know, which was like by that stage, 14, 15 years. So picking times of celibacy and challenge to deal with, you know, to observe yourself through that, perfectly okay with. But the whole, I never ejaculate anymore and I don't touch my dick. I, it's like, what the fuck? Like, why? Mm. Um like I said, I'm very pro-masturbation. I'm pro-ejaculation. I love it. I think it's great. Um, and and I said this on the Last Drinks podcast with Will about drinking, right? For me, a place of power is not I must drink every time. And the other place of not power is not I can never drink. Like for me, it's knowing that I have the ability and choose to do whichever I want as I feel because I'm in alignment with my own truth, my own expression. So ejaculation mastery is really important. Learning how to sublimate and circulate your energy so that you do not have to ejaculate every time you touch your penis or every time you have sex or every time you whatever. Super, super important for blokes, right? Um, drop some numbers on you. Uh, the porn industry makes $100 billion a year. $100 billion a $100 year? $100 billion. What yep. the? F that's crazy. Yeah. Human trafficking, which is predominantly sex slavery, does $150 billion a year. Oh, my God. Yeah. And prostitution does $180 billion a year. So that's nearly half a trillion dollars spent every year, predominantly, not only, but predominantly on men trying to get laid or getting laid. Holy shit. Or ejaculating. That's more money than Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos put together. Their, their net worth put together is less than how much men spend a year on ejaculating. So that's not to include all the money that gets spent on troubled relationships, sex therapy, fucking sexual assault, the rape victims, you know, all of the other fucked up shit that comes with this. So ejaculation mastery is really, really, really important. Imagine if young boys from the age of 13 or 14 were taught about sexual energy, taught about their cock, taught how to manage this thing, this life force that moves through them that makes them want to fuck anything that moves because that's literally what happens. You're 14 and you're just like, holy shit, Miss Jennifer has boobs and I never noticed and oh my God, and I have a hard on under the table every fucking drama class and it's like all of a sudden that's what happens. Whoa. And, and we don't really understand or we don't really give it the fucking – the, the amount of consciousness that it, that it deserves. It's like, it's intense for these young men to then all of a sudden, it's like, we, you know, I've run workshops with men and women. And when, um, <laughs> and we go, okay, women, I want you to embody your masculine, right? All right, so I want you to imagine you've got a penis and you're blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> you know what they do? They walk around fucking everything. They just walk around like thrusting <laughs> and like humping each other. Like, oh my God. Oh, look at this. Oh my God. And it's like that again when I was before, that's the maturity of their inner mass because that's what oh. happens when you're 14 and this fucking puberty hits you. All of a sudden, all you want to do is like fucking move and penetrate and, and thrust and like, 
you don't know what to do with it. And because no one tells any of these young boys what to do with it, what do they do? They turn to porn. They jack off eight times a day. They watch fucking gang sex and blah, blah, blah. And like it's, you know, and so that you're imprinting into these young boys' brains from such an early age, this is what it is. And it's like, it's just, it's fucking toxic. Like that's toxic culture. Um, so, you know, and the no fap is then just the shaming of it. Like it's just the other extreme of like, I never ejaculate. I don't touch my dick at all. I abstain from blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's not, that's not mastery. Mm. That's not mastery of your sexuality, you know? And so like coming back to the whole self-pleasure, like we masturbate when we're anxious, we masturbate when we're nervous, we masturbate when we're lonely, we masturbate when we're disconnected. Self-pleasure, I call it self-pleasure more than masturbation, is an opportunity to connect to your body, connect to yourself, connect to your soul, to connect to, you know, God, universe, love, whatever, that feeling of wholeness that we all crave. That's why we crave sex because when we orgasm, when we climax with someone, it's the ultimate feeling of bliss and connection and love and harmony. and It's beautiful and we should have that. And that's why we crave it so much because we feel so disconnected normally. So, yeah, for me, uh, sexual mastery or ejaculation mastery for men specifically is really, really important. For women also, you know, women just use vibrators and numb themselves and rub the clit and chase peak orgasms also, you know, and it's just like quick, wham, bam, thank you, done. I would rather have sex once a week for two hours than every day for two minutes, you know, like, because that two hours will be so much more nourishing and beautiful and connected. Um, yeah, so, you know, men that don't pleasure themselves, the whole no fat thing, I think it's stupid. I think it's important to do in periods, mm-hmm. go celebrate for a while, yeah. recheck, like refocus, like practice discipline, self-discipline. And I tell men, I'm like, cool. You want to know how strong-willed you really are? Like, really? Like, you want to know how strong-willed you are? Quit sugar and masturbation for one month and see how see how you go. And, like, it's almost impossible. If you've never done anything like that before, it's almost impossible. I love that you added sugar in there. Oh, sugar's the most addictive drug on the planet. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like 10 times more addictive than crack and cocaine. Um. So yeah, quit sugar and masturbation and, and ejaculation and let, like you'll see where, how weak you really are. And uh, again, it's not forever. It's like for short periods of time to see where you're at and learn to master and self-reflect on where do you use it unconsciously? Where do you lean into this thing because you're lonely, where you're separated, where you're feeling disconnected, where you're feeling what rejected? And then we can address the emotional issues then. That's how I work with dudes. Whoa. It sounds like so much of like being aware of you and your of your body and like how you're feeling and what's driving this like urge to, you know, go pleasure yourself. Yep. It's like, oh, wait, I'm actually feeling lonely. It's mm. like, why don't we go? So deal with the loneliness rather yeah. than just yeah. jerk off. Yeah. 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 And it's the same thing with sex. Like when – so this is the first practice I give all dudes, right? Cool. No, no, co- no sex, no fucking masturbation, no porn, no blowjobs, no mass, like no nothing, no ejaculation. But I want you to self pleasure every day for 20 minutes. And they just go, What? How? <laughs> like, you're not allowed to touch your dick unless you're taking a piss or you're washing it. That's it. And they're just like, How am I supposed to masturbate every day if I can't touch my dick? I'm like, Yeah. How are you? What are you, what else are you going to touch? What else are you going to explore? And so it's really about reconnecting in a different way. Mm. 
Go look at some trees. My God, they're amazing. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, I, I tell them to explore their body. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, like self trees. pleasure, 20 minutes, touch your whole body without touching your dick. Ah. What are you going to learn? What are you going to learn? What do you like? What don't you like? What's erogenous? What's not erogenous? What tickles? What feels good? What type of touch do you like? How bored do you get? How frustrated do you get? Because hey, you're so addicted to achieving a goal rather than just being with whatever's in the body. Damn, I can imagine this really improves their sex life. Over over a little bit, like I basically within four to six weeks, most of them having full body orgasms. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Okay, I have some more questions here. (laughs) So, um, what does intimacy mean to you? Well, it means what it says. To get intimate, we'll break it down. In to me, I see. I'm really glad we broke that down together. That's not where I was going. <laughs> Into me, I see. Into me, I see. And when you share that with another, into me, you see. That's what it means. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah. Okay. Simple. Uh, yeah. When you, when you allow someone to see into you beneath the layers that you generally express, that's intimacy. And um, how do we create more intimacy? Know yourself. <laughs> ah, full circle moments. Full circle moments. Like know where you block intimacy. Mm. Know where you limit your ability to receive love or connection. Know where you and why you stop people being allowed into the deeper layers of your heart. You know, I believe the heart has layers like an onion or like a, like a parfait. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a Shrek reference. Anyway, <laughs> I was thinking Shrek. Yeah, um, it has layers, and so you know, and I believe, like at the, the, you know, at the core of our heart is infinite soul crushing love that you know is indestructible. Um, but because we've been hurt, mm-hmm. we start to build these lay- layers and barriers and walls, and so we have testing mechanisms. You know, we we create tests and gates and barriers and it's like so some people can we can let some people in to a certain depth and then when they break the trust we go okay cool you can't come any closer Mm. so a lot of people we just have right on the outer you know but then yeah we have different layers and i mean i could make a map and go okay these are the layers and blah blah blah, but it's like i don't like i don't really hate maps i don't hate maps i've got a lot of them i hate frameworks that that make people um like I hate to see si- like posters when I'm like, this is healthy masculine, this is unhealthy masculine. It just makes me angry, right? Because like a healthy masculine is responsive and unhealthy masculine is reactive. And I'm like, well, there are times when I'm reactive. There are times when I am because like something happened and I'm reactive. It doesn't mean I'm unhealthy. It just means that I'm having a moment of emotional response. You know, I w- I'm sorry that I wasn't able to master my emotion 24-7, 365. You know, it's just like I hate those lists because what that does is like I was saying earlier is it creates shame. The moment I'm in my unhealthy child or my unhealthy masculine or my fucking blah, blah, blah. Now I'm going to criticize myself because I'm not divine. I'm not healthy. I'm not in my perfect state. You're a fucking human. Right. And so for me, I don't like those separation lists, but I do believe that we have layers of the heart. We test people before we let them in these each layers. And because we're afraid of getting hurt, but actually you can never be hurt. Like the heart can never break. It's it's like if you believe in the soul, the soul is perfect and unbreakable. Wow. Yeah. What about times when you've been so heartbroken your heart hurts? 
is that because we all just say it's heartbreak? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't even. I've been there, right? Yeah. I've been there. I've been. I've been cheated on. I've been abandoned. I've been rejected. I've, you know, I was open relating and polyamorous for a couple of years. I've watched my partner have sex with someone when I said no. I've had sex with people when in front of their partner when their partner like you know I've really fucking explored a lot <laughs> yeah. and and tested all these these emotional barriers and boundaries and um it's it's it does hurt it does fucking hurt but does the heart break um into pieces so that it can never be rebuilt or mm. do the barriers of love that you've put there break so that you can feel the infinite love that you are mm. because ultimately speaking you are love. You were born in, if you're religious, in God's eyes, perfect. Mm. And so you have made up a story as to why, like in that moment, witnessing my partner have sex with someone, the story that I wanted to run was, you're not good enough. You're rejected. You're a piece of shit. You're not a good lover. You're a jealous man. You're a whatever, like whatever the stories were. And what my heart breaking, if I'm to spiritualize this, yeah, it wasn't, my heart breaking so that like with those stories being reaffirmed it was me actually feeling the love that i am knowing that i can never be hurt and the stories are there trying to justify the wall but the wall's being broken in that moment but you have to surrender to the pain because if you do not surrender to the pain then you loop in trauma whoa and for me that's what grief is like grief is in the way of love, but you cannot feel grief if you do not feel love. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, like when, you're, when your grandma dies and you're grief, you're grievous. You know, you have grief about your grandma dying. Why? Because you fucking love her and you miss her and you, you've lost her. Yeah. But you haven't lost her because she'll be with you forever in your heart. Yeah. And so the love is the same. Like the love of your grandma will always be in your heart. The love of your grandpa, the love of your ex-wife or your ex-girlfriend or your ex-husband, even though it was fucking hard and they did something wrong, blah, 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 the love will always be there. And we think that that love is being taken away from us. And we have to remember that love will always be there because that's how we heal our own bullshit stories about love being bad or, you know, Oh, that's amazing. I, I believe that as well. Anytime I'm like grieving or like really missing my mum, I'm like, how amazing is that? Like mm. I have so much love, like yeah. still there. It's exactly. like, yeah, learning to love that as well. Mm. Um, oh shit, there was something I was going to ask. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't even remember what question I asked you. How do we create more intimacy, was it? Oh, mm. okay, no, what I wanted to say is this morning when I was journaling, um, I was, I randomly was just like, why do people love MDMA so much? And I was like, because they feel this, um, yeah, it's a love joke. They feel this like, you know, pure love and joy for everyone around them mm. and for, for life and themselves. And I'm like, and I, I don't know if you agree with this, but my theory is like the way that we feel that is because that's that's what is at our core. And I think the drug just like, probably heightens it a lot more but it allows us mm. to feel it there's a there's a quote by Rumi do you know Rumi no Rumi is a romantic poet oh okay for example uh years and years ago like like you know his writings are not in English by any stretch of the imagination oh. they're, they're like yeah a completely different I can't even, I don't even know the time he was alive um, I don't think actually everyone really know knew him right he was just these written these writings were found anyway he's got books and books 
um, that people have translated. And he has a beautiful quote. And it is, um, your job is not to find and seek love. Your job is to find and seek all the barriers that you have within yourself to receiving love. Whoa. Yeah. And so to bring that into the MDMA question, MDMA removes all the barriers to the love that already exists inside of your heart. And I love MDMA. (laughs) Used to love it even more when I was younger. Took it quite profusely throughout my 20s. (laughs) And, uh, and, and. You know, when MDMA first came out, it was made as a pharmaceutical and it was given to couples that had relationship problems. Whoa. Yeah. I've read that it was used to help with depression, but that also makes sense. Yeah. Relationship, because then they like open up their heart. Exactly. They take some MDMA, they give, they, the doctors would be like, oh, we've, we've fallen out of love. Okay, take this pill, go home and blah, blah, blah. So they would take the pill. You know, I don't know if it was a pill back then or whatever, but it was like a little pill. And they would be like... I just love you, you know. Well, you just do this; it bothers me. I know. I'm really sorry. I just, I just sometimes I do this. It's just like it's, it's, the, it just the truth just comes out. Yeah. You know, the truth just comes out, and all of a sudden they love each other, and they have amazing fucking sex, and then they're reconnected again, and then all the not all the problems, but a lot of the problems have dissolved because, you know, the biggest problem in relationships is we just hold on to shit and we don't let it out and we build resentment and then that resentment built festers into like this nasty shit and then we make our partner responsible for all the fucking problems in our life when if we just said three months ago or a year ago that hey i really don't like when you do this one thing oh i'm sorry what like okay i'll change that done problem solved and avoided but um yeah we just we fucking we're so afraid of one hurting the other two being rejected that we just don't be on we don't communicate honestly and the resentment builds and then relationship breakdown like, Whoa. please tell me how two people that loved each other and committed to marriage and a family 10 years later hate each other and are literally trying to cause each other grievous, grievous harm. Like, how does that happen? What happens in that 10 years? They don't communicate. Exactly. Like, 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 what, like there's no other way, right? Like, something happens, they don't express it, and then other things happen and it just festers and boils. Like, it's just... And I'm sure, I know we grow and we evolve, but... If we were actually growing and evolving, you'd be like, hey, like I just, I've fallen out of love with you now and I just want to move on. And you wouldn't be trying to, you know, play the children against your ex-partner and be a piece of shit because, and, I'm not, and this is not gender, this is both genders. I work with both genders mm-hmm. and both of them have this experience. Um, when you're trying to apply the children against the other parent because you're the one harboring all the hate for them because you feel like they're the ones that did everything wrong. And it hurts. It hurts my heart when I talk to people like this, you know. Most of the time, it's the people receiving it, not the people doing it. Um, not all the time. But yeah, it's, 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 it sucks. Intimacy is the most starved thing on our planet. It's the mo- like you think about it, you walk down the street, you look at someone in the eyes for too long that you don't know, they look away, it gets weird. Like they don't, yes. they don't sm- exactly. I agree, especially young people. I always like oh. try to be like, hi. And like young people are like, head down yeah. old people like hey yeah, yeah. <laughs> i love but, old people yeah. so like and this is part of the issues is why we fall in love so quickly it's like the moment you show intimacy with someone the moment you create a moment of connection we want to wrap a meaning around it mm. because we're so starved of it instead of just like appreciating it yeah instead of just being like oh that was a beautiful feeling or sensation or like you know oh that must mean we're soulmates or that must mean we need to have sex or that must mean we need a blah 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 and it's like well, that must mean I'm gay because he's a dude. And it's like, fucking <laughs> hell, calm the fuck down, guys. Like it's, it's called intimacy. It's just called intimacy. And it's you can called be connection. intimate with not just relationship-wise? You yeah. can be intimate with everyone? Absolutely. Okay. 
like again, there's like layers of intimacy, right? Sexual intimacy, physical intimacy, emotional intimacy, erotic intimacy. Uh, like you know, you could just there's, you could put whatever adjective in front of it that you want, right? Like it's 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 intimate to sh- cry in front of someone. It's mm. also intimate to express anger in front of someone. Mm. I've had sex where there's no intimacy whatsoever. Did that feel lonely? Sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's really bad. Because again, it's like, well, what, what do I want in this moment? What do I need? Like there's animal sex. There's just primal, raw animal monkey sex. <laughs> and then there's like deeply intimate, hours lasting, tantric connection sex. And so and again, just know what you want in each moment and don't judge yourself for it. It doesn't mean you've got to act on it all the time. But, oh, okay. Part of me just wants to do this really unhealthy quote thing and just and it's like cool i can acknowledge it i don't need to do it but i can acknowledge that it's there mm. seems like to summarize a lot of what we've been speaking about it's like be conscious and communicate i mean it is and like be conscious sometimes is a journey into itself because it's like what does it mean it's like well have awareness around it it's like well how do i have awareness around it well you've got to ask yourself questions that's the journaling part you know it's like mm. okay, why do i do this where does that come from does it support me? Does it serve me? Is it a positive action? Is it a negative action? You know? Yeah. Um, and not judging yourself. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I, look, I fucking ate, a, ate sugar again or I masturbated again or I, you know, sat on my phone for an hour watching TikTok reels again. Why did I do that? Mm. Just have a quick journal. Why did you do that? What, what, what are you avoiding? What do you, you know, like inquire? Yeah. But it will take time. Just mm. be, you, can, you can see the pattern. Oh, right. I see the pattern. Every time this happens, I do this. Doesn't mean you're going to change a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you see it doesn't mean you're going to change it. That's the next step. Many steps. Many steps. We love it. Um, okay. Let's talk about orgasms. A lot of women. Uh, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Tyron was like, I'm going to make you super uncomfortable. <laughs> Am I doing well? You're doing very well. Thank you. Um, anyway, so a lot of women fake orgasms or haven't had one from a man. I'm going to suck to be them. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is the deal around that and how do we change that? Okay. Um, well, yeah. Obviously, first step, like we are saying, it's important for a man to master his ejaculation, Okay. Obviously, there's the, the common theme all the time is that men come quick and women take 45 minutes or whatever, right? I've heard a lot, I've seen a lot of stuff of like women saying, I take 45 minutes to warm up before sex. I'm like, well, guess what? We will be having sex once a week, maybe. What do you do if you have kids, you know? Like, like that for me, that's, that's bullshit when a woman says that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's not true in the sense of that's when she has the best orgasm. That's when she feels the most open. That's when she feels the most connected. Of course. Of course. I'm the same, right? I'm the same. Spend 45 minutes massaging my body, telling me you love me, tickling, tantalizing, using different sensational things and like, you know, foreplay, hand job, blow job. And then we go to sex. Like we will have sex for fucking hours, right? If, if, if a woman does that for me. Just like if I did it for her, Right. And we are responsible for our own pleasure. And so if you, like for me, if it, if it, if it has to take 45 minutes for you to get to orgasm, mm. what that shows me is that 
you don't feel 100% safe in your body to be able to surrender quickly. Oh. As, as, a, as a man and as a sex coach and with all the practices that I've done and the women that I've talked to and explored with and, and listened to, that's the pattern that I've seen. And it's a pretty common pattern. Women don't feel safe to surrender in their bodies very frequently, especially if it's with a new lover or a new partner. And I, and I will acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Men are not the greatest at creating safe spaces, generally speaking, okay. around sexuality. And so ultimately, that's the biggest thing. In order to experience more pleasure, both parties must be able to feel safe so that they can surrender to the pleasure that they're experiencing. Okay. It's not my job or responsibility to do that. It's, all only, it's also not only your job and your responsibility. It is our job together if we are engaging. Mm, okay. I'm responsible for my part. You're responsible for your part. We are responsible together because we're having the experience. And I think that's also part of the issue is that, like, don't get me wrong, of course, you want a man that can tantalize and tease and lead and guide and seduce. Um, all and, and, and I, as a man that can do most of those things, I want to do them. I want to do them with the women that I'm with. And I need to know how to do that for you 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 need to kind of guide me a little bit right because guess what every woman is different i would agree and and the other thing is that every woman is different every day (laughs) so what worked yesterday or this morning may not work tonight and so you know that's also part of the problem is women expect us to fucking just be magicians and read my body know what i'm thinking no and it's just like no tell me guide me with your hands, guide me with your body movements. Make it really fucking obvious, especially at the beginning. At the beginning of an interaction with a new partner, you need to communicate, whether that's verbally, whether that's energetically, whether that's physically, whether that's, you know, with moans and grounds and sounds or whatever. Um, but I, I've, I personally have been with a lot of women that have said, um, oh, men men don't do this, men don't do that. And it's like, well, you just laid there like a fucking starfish and gave <laughs> no feedback. So how yeah. the fuck am I supposed to know what you like and don't like? Yeah. And then every time I try to check in, you just go, no, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's like, well, eventually I'm just going to get sick of fucking trying to please you because I'm trying and you're not letting me know if anything's working or what's going good or bad. And so I just, I just, I give up. I'm like, fuck it. So, um, now I'm not trying to blame or put all the responsibility on no, women. No, 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 here, no. Okay? But I, I was just thinking, like, I think some women kind of feel nervous or awkward to be like, hey, actually, that doesn't feel good. Absolutely. Or this is what I want. For sure. Um, because I think they're worried about, like, Hurting offending the man. Yep. Yeah. So, like, do you think a man would get he offended? He probably needs his ego hurt a little bit because a lot of men sometimes think they're better than they are. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Like, okay. I think, like, so here's, here's my thing, right? Um, to move just beyond sex, but let's, let's focus on sex. Okay. But, but also take this into consideration in the, in the broader, in the broader sense. Mm-hmm. If I haven't, I do an action, right? Let's say it's in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this thing. Mm-hmm. It worked for one girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll just do that for the next one. And you don't tell me that it doesn't work and you fake your orgasm. You're giving me data. This Oh, that worked for two women. I'll do it for the third. I'll do it for the fourth. Holy shit, this thing just works. Because I'm not getting any information that's telling me it's not fucking working. Yeah. 
So like the power is in your hands, ladies. If you want to improve men, then don't be upset of hurting them. Yeah. Like like and don't be afraid to and we also rush into sex too quickly. So that's the fucking second thing. But like and likewise for dudes, you know, like I had a chick give me a blowjob the like well, what was it ages ago now? <laughs> um but she was trying to do it like a porn star. I was like, hey, I don't really like that. I don't really like that. She's like, what 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 do you mean? I'm like, I don't I don't like blowjobs like that. Did she seem offended or was she like... Well, a little bit because, yeah. you know, she's like, but it's, you know, because I could tell wh- where it was coming from because I've watched enough porn to know that that's a, that's a porn blowjob. She's like, but guys love it. I'm like, I don't like it. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. I would much rather you do this and go like that and use a little bit less fucking saliva. That was crazy, you know, like, <laughs> like whatever. Um, just like, you know, please don't lick my clit that hard. Please use your finger as well. Oh, can you, oh, yes, the labia lip. Oh, yes, 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 stay there. Oh, my God, you know, like direct feedback. Mm. It, and, and it doesn't have to be clinical. I think that's the biggest problem is like there might be at the start because, you know, if it's that intense, for example, this woman, you know, just went <laughs> and was like, whoa, 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 slow, 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 slow. Oh, yeah, that's better. So like we had to, you know, <laughs> you know, I've, look, uh, yeah, anyway. I've been good this whole podcast with that <laughs> 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 I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm all for gagging, but let's just slow it down a little bit, you know? Um, and, and so, like, obviously there was the initial, like, cut. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then there was the, like, oh, that's, yeah, okay. And then I could start giving feedback that wasn't directly correlated to, uh, like, do this, do that, you know? Because that is clinical and shit. No one wants to be told that mm. that way, you know? Mm. Um, so for a woman, like, no oh, I just a little bit to the left. Oh, yes. You know, like it's, you, you're not saying what he's doing wrong. Mm. You're supporting what he's doing right. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And that's that's all we have to do as humans, like give positive feedback. And so, um, but yeah, but, if, but before that, like what's in the way, for a woman specifically, like what's in the way of you surrendering to pleasure? Mm. And if you don't feel, if you, if you really don't feel like you can orgasm with a man on, like then don't have sex with him. Like, if I do this, if all I have to do is jump on my phone, message someone on Tinder or fucking Hinge or Bumble or even Instagram or whatever and send them a picture of me naked and they come over and have sex with me, then all of a sudden that behavior is deemed appropriate and that's all I need to do to get laid. So any woman that's like, oh, that's disgusting. I'm like, well, okay, fine. It works for these 15 women, so I'll just keep using it over there. Do you know what I mean? Wait, I don't get where we're going with that. Well, it's it's the same concept of like getting feedback. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay right? Right, so yeah. we s- if we set the bar really low for yeah. the opposite sex, mm-hmm. whether it's about getting laid, whether it's sexual activity, whether it's relationally, whether it's emotionally, whether it's whatever, like if we set the bar low, if we let a, a behaviors, whatever it is, mm-hmm. if we let the opposite sex get away with it, then what we're creating is a societal shift in appropriateness with relationships and sex. Mm. So if I'm a man and every woman I send a dick pic to rejects me, tells me it's disgusting and rejects me, then maybe, maybe I'll stop sending dick pics and I'll have a conversation. Mm. So women communicate with the men so then the next woman can have a better orgasm. Right, <laughs> and so that you like set the bar for yourself, you know, Definitely. and set the bar for society and vice versa. Men, if you let women get away with you know 
quote unquote emasculating you or shaming you or judging you don't let them get away with it don't mm-hmm. say that it's okay like don't permit that thing move on say hey i'm sorry it's not okay for you to talk to men like that i don't appreciate it and i deserve better and i deserve more and i know that you're emotional but at the same time it's still not okay mm. and move on because she will eventually like if a woman can't get away with that behavior and demoralizing men because a lot of women do do that then all of a sudden she, if she wants love, if she wants attention from men, eventually she's going to have to fucking level up. And this, like, but, you know, no, we all have our own insecurities around love, so we all sacrifice and compromise and allow shit to get through and, you know, that's what's created this downward trend around mm. behaviours towards people, Where, I believe. Whereas, like, if we have our own love, then we can... We're, we're like, I, I don't need to accept that behaviour because I have exactly. my own love. Exactly. Don't know if that ties in. Yeah, yeah, no, it's the same. It's exactly, yeah, it's exactly... Oh, it. No, no. Um, <laughs> it's great. So... Uh, but feedback, it all comes back to feedback. So mm. sex, relations, emotions, whatever. This, this, this behaviour has been not condemned. It has been supported almost. It has been told that it's okay, so I'll just keep doing it. Mm. would you also say that women should probably like learn about their bodies first before they can expect a man to know how to make them orgasm like if if a woman hasn't had an orgasm on her own well yes and no i mean there's like so i so it's not okay i can cut this no no no, it's fine um there's a thing called a yoni massage okay right and it's a massage of the vagina Mm mm-hmm uh, there are male practitioners and female practitioners, right? This is something that I have learnt and I and I have trained in. Now, women that don't understand uh, the connection to pleasure in their in their yonis. Yoni is the Sanskrit word for vagina or pussy. Mm-hmm. Lingam is the Sanskrit word for a penis. So much more fun. Lingam. Lingam. <laughs> Lingalingam. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, and women that have had sexual assault or trauma or been, you know, violated in ways, they disassociated from their yonis. That happens. So then numb places show up. So some women can't feel pleasure because they have contraction and pain and trauma that lives inside of them. And every time you use a 12-inch fucking vibrating Ferrari that has all the dangles and twirls and whatever... Mm you're oversensitizing these areas. So like a standard penis that just moves one direction is nothing compared to a fucking ball bearing, rolling, hyper vibrating, multi armed vibrator. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying they're bad, go for it, have some fun. But at the same time, it's like you train how you play. And so if you're always training for these massive things, like these peak multi orgasmic kind of, yeah, like I've seen these dildos. Fr- they've got more attachments than some AI technology. Like it's crazy. <laughs> um, it's like a, a, a regular penis is never going to work for you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And if you only ever climax through clitoral stimulation when you self-pleasure, a general penis that just goes inside is never going to do it for you. So train how you play. And men, it's the same thing, right? Like if you just grip the head as hard as you can and rip it as fast as you can as a dude, like just... <laughs> And, you know, you're doing that one. Well, a nice, soft, gentle, wet pussy is just not going to... You know what I mean? It's like mm. you, you you create pathways of pleasure in your brain and stimulation. So... Oh, okay. Yeah. I meant more like without the toys because then you know kind of where you're... Yeah. And so that's what I'm kind of saying. Okay. Is like... Yeah. Don't cheat. <laughs> <laughs> 
know know what works and know what doesn't work you know yep. so the yoni massages are um an opportunity for exploration right like my ex-girlfriend was a yoni masseur and she did it for heaps of women all the time and sometimes it was to release trauma from sexual assault and stuff but a lot of times it was just for a woman to experience her vagina or her pussy for the first time without sexuality being there oh, okay so if i'm with a woman yeah and i'm fingering her then usually it's for pleasure mm. and i'm trying to find places of pleasure and she's trying to feel pleasure and there's all this like energy mm-hmm. but what happens if you create a space where it's just expert like what does it feel like mm. there is so much like internal wall space inside a yoni so it's like well what does turn you on what what places do you feel pleasure what places do you feel pain how do you release the tension because this will also showcase to you you might like a different position you might i really like it on my side because then it rubs this other little spot that i've got and that really turns me on so it's like you i think women should do more internal exploration with like crystal wands and glass wands as opposed to like rubber vibrating ball bearing rolling around in the you know <laughs> yeah. three-armed dildos um because it's it allows them to feel and tune into the subtleness that lives inside their yoni and any woman that says she can't orgasm through penetration just doesn't know her yoni well enough in my opinion mm-hmm. i'm not saying it won't be hard for them but i've done enough practices and i've done enough exploration and i've been with enough women and spoke to enough women who can disprove that you know now that's like a skinny dude going i can't build muscle at the gym well you can you might just have to train harder than other guys because your natural body composition makes it harder Mm. like it's just a muscle that you must train and um yeah so for a woman like and i know i'm a dude but i'm a dude that has been with women and i've been with women that can orgasm and can't orgasm and the difference is the ones that can they just know themselves and their pleasure site systems and their pathways to pleasure better. Mm. And then they either communicate that. Like I've had, I've been tied up and had a woman, a tan- like a tantric practitioner, rub herself all over me and orgasm like fucking 25 times from like my forearm, my bicep, my leg, my knee, just like rubbing herself on me and orgasming. And then untie me going, see, I don't need you for my fucking pleasure. So don't bring that fucking ego shit. And I was like, okay, <laughs> let's go, <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's a woman that has mastered her own pleasure like uh, pathways. She knows how to turn her off. She is a walking orgasm pretty much all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and I'm not saying we all have the time for it, we all have the desire, but it's like if you want to improve an area of your life, guess what? You're going to have to fucking start doing work in that area. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a dude or a chick, whether it's sex or relationships, whether it's business or f- personal fitness, it doesn't matter what it is. You're going to have to spend time, money, and effort and put in the work. Wow, that was an amazing answer. This is so much. I can't wait to re-listen to this. <laughs> um uh okay how do people spice up their sex life add cayenne pepper (laughs) 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 it'll burn um (laughs) uh again like it depends on what your sex life is right like so 
I know people in the kink scene and they're like, hey, let's spice it up tonight. Let's do missionary. <laughs> so it really depends um, on, on where you come from. But obviously, mm. predominantly speaking, I'm assuming most people that listen to this have sex in three positions and always in the bed, you know, or maybe on the lounge room floor occasionally or mm. maybe in the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason we don't explore is because, we're again, we're afraid of being shamed or ridiculed or made fun of by the person that we love. Um, so, you know, I, the number one easiest way is to like put some time aside and don't have penetration. The same as I tell men not to ejaculate or have sex or masturbate and then explore their body for 20 minutes, do the same thing. Like, what's it like to be tied up? What's it like to be blindfolded? What's it like to use a kitchen spatula as a spanking tool? You know, like, like how do you spice up your sex life? I mean, you just add some imagination. Be curious. Yeah, you know, like sexting is a great one. I love sexting partners. Um I love sending cheeky like little videos and stuff like that. You know, mm. it's a massive turn on for me. Um, I like to have sex in public places. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, should I say it? I'm just fucking going to say it. Do I like it. to have sex in public places. You Is know, it like, like the, the, the thrill the, of getting thrill. caught? You're not it's supposed like, oh. to. I'm a big boundary breaker. Like yeah. I, love, I, ha- I love breaking boundaries. I love like doing what I'm not supposed to do. So you're obviously a very confident man as everyone, <laughs> is, as everyone <laughs> is hearing you right now. Um, and very comfortable with yourself and your sexuality. Um, have you always been like this and how did you get here? Well, I, I mean, no. Tyrant's tired. <laughs> um, the short answer is no, I haven't always been confident. I mean, a lot of my friends may have thought I was. Um, so I applied, uh, I got asked to apply for Married at First Sight early Shut this year. the front door. Yeah. Are you all kidding? No. Um, and I didn't make it as uh, apparently they couldn't find me a match. Um, <laughs> Too, too unique or too, they're too afraid to put me on television. I'm not sure one or the other. Anyway, um, I had to ask my friends uh, in, the, in, in the interview process. I'm not allowed to share too much of it, but like they said, like, how would your friends describe you? So I just messaged my friends, like some of my oldest mates, and yeah. said, I'm applying for this TV show. How would you describe me? And I just sent them a picture of the, of the one box. And um, they, the, I, I just committed to writing whatever they put down, right? Yeah. We got some, I got some very interesting feedback. Um, you know, so I got like MILF Slayer, <laughs> uh, uh, Big Cuddly Teddy Bear, um, Nudist. Um, there are not enough words in the English dictionary. <laughs> um, you know, but also got compassionate, caring, kindest man you'll ever meet. Um, yeah, and I've always been loud, right? I've always been loud. But that loudness came from insecurity, not from confidence. Okay. Now, these days, I think I'm less loud, even though I talk more and I have a bigger audience and I speak a lot. I don't feel like like energetically I'm loud, but it doesn't come with the same like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I want attention. Um, very, very frequently anyway. <laughs> so, you know, and like I said, that journey, I had a breakdown at 27, realized I didn't like the man I was, couldn't stay committed to a goal, um, had, had spent tens of thousands if not like hundreds of thousand dollars just on partying and doing dumb shit um you know got involved with bad people um lost my girlfriend my dogs my house you know like like just fucked up a lot so haven't been always haven't always been confident have always had the ability to perceive to be perceived confident Mm. you know like 
get a few beers in me when I was younger and like be on the stage and talk to people and lap dance and like, you know, I used to hunt out um, hen's nights when I was single and go give their, their lucky hen a, a lap dance and, you know, go try to pick up all the bridesmaids. So like, yeah, one would perceive me to always be confident, but I don't, I don't, I don't believe that to be true. I believe it, a lot of it to come from insecurity and doubt. Um, and these days, am I confident? I mean, can I get up on stage in front of 400 people and like facilitate a process? Yes. Is that confidence? Maybe. Um, you know, I have a lot of doubts and insecurities inside of myself, just like everyone else. You know, I'm currently training for an Ironman and big part of me doesn't believe I can do it you know, and it's eight months away. And so what I'm doing is I'm training every day on repeat to showcase to myself that I can do it, you know. Mm. Um, like I ran an ultra marathon the other week. I ran 55Ks, longest I've ever run. And wow. I sat in the shower and cried afterwards because I was like, holy fuck, I just did that, you know. It was just like people see what they want to see. And sure, I present certain aspects of myself on social media and, and when I'm around people. And generally speaking, I'm pretty confident and comfortable in who I am and I'm pretty comfortable in my abilities. But, you know, quite often I get I get shook and uh, I have moments of doubt and stuff as well, just like everyone else. Yeah. But I've learned how to process those things. Yeah. You know, I have practices and tools that I use. And what I've found is that the gaps in between my downs are becoming longer. Mm, okay. And the downs don't last as long. Yeah, because you're aware. Because I'm aware of what's happening. And so in those moments of fear or insecurity or whatever, I can do the things that I need to do to get back to that state of love and self-appreciation so that I can then go out to the world and be the love that I know I am. Yeah, because you know yourself and you're like... Because I know myself. Oh, full circle once again. Full circle. That is incredible. I was, I, like, there's, so there's two things I want to just finish on here. And yes. one is like... You know, I work with a lot of dudes and some of them are hyper successful as far as financial and business goes. Um, and, you know, they obtain all this success and they get to a place of like, well, now what? Like, I, I've, you know, I run a $10 million, $20 million company, but I don't have a, I don't, I'm not happy. I don't, you know, I thought this was going to make me happy. And so one thing I've unpacked is that the journey to success, whatever that is, it never starts with a goal. It always starts with a question. And that question is, who am I? And until you know the answer to that question or at least some answers to that question, you'll never be happy or successful or content in your life. So ask yourself that question and you may not like the answer to start with, but keep digging. And that is what will help you know yourself more and make decisions in relationships, in sex, in life or whatever that last much, much longer than the one-year goal you set yourself at New Year's. Whoa, incredible. I love that. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add to that? Mm, kill with the truth, don't torture with lies. Kill the truth, don't torture it with lies. Kill with the truth. Kill with the truth. Don't torture it with lies. Ooh. I love it. The truth will set you free. Mm, it also hurt. Yes. Yep. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time and your energy. <laughs> I really appreciate it. If uh, the people, the homies want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, Tyron Mowbray on all of them. Tyron.Mowbray on Instagram, Tyron Mowbray on Facebook. I have a professional page and a personal page, so please look at the professional page. Um, yeah, like I've, got, I've been talking about this stuff for years. So, like, there is – how old am I now? 36 on, on Monday. So, like, for there is, like, six 
years worth of content on Facebook, um, Instagram less, but still, yeah, like there is a lot there. Um, you won't get through it all, but go have a look, you know, like go have a look and go and go into the past and have a look at some videos and, you know, you're not going to like everything. So a lot of the stuff I say can be triggering. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, go have a look. Um, I've got a website, timerobo.com as well, but you know, there's, there are so many links you can message me on, you know, on all of those platforms and I'll respond. I'm yeah. Um, pretty accessible otherwise i'm down at burley monday wednesday friday saturday down at burley surf club like training with the boys in the morning ah yes with the brotherhood brotherhood gold coast so yeah come down have a have a have a chat have a yarn um yeah incredible well we will wrap it up here thank you so much everybody for listening if you did enjoy it feel free to put it on your story tag Mm. us Mm. um we'd love to know who is listening And I'll see you guys next week for another episode. Uh, Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye.